Last November, after Joseph Pusco was sentenced to life for the murder of Ashling Murphy, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said we need more spaces in Irish prisons. If we're genuinely serious about locking up uh, very dangerous people for uh, 20, 30, 40 years, and I think that's what people want, we're going to need more prison spaces. It's a simple argument. More people means more criminals requiring more prison cells. And Irish prisons are already overcrowded, says Conor Lally of the Irish Times, which causes other problems. Crowded prisons just lead to a rise in tensions, quantity of drugs circulating, an increase in violence, an increase in attacks on staff and so on. But not everyone agrees that just building more prison cells is the answer. Here's Saoirse Brady of the Irish Penal Reform Trust. We need to stop people going into prison on short-term sentences. If people are sentenced to 12 months or less, serve their sentence in the community, they are less likely to re-offend. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Sarah Chapalak. Today, does Ireland need more prison cells or fewer prisoners? Connor, are we unable to lock up dangerous criminals for the appropriate length of their sentence right now? And do we actually need hundreds more prison spaces? Well, I suppose the short answer to are we able to lock people up for long uh, sentences, the answer to that is yes, uh, we are. And in fact, you know, we're doing that every every day, basically. Certainly, you know, longer sentence prisoners are not being set free very early because there is a shortage of beds in jail. Um but what is happening in prisons is is that they're overcrowded and generally what you will find is that you've got this very large group of people, thousands of people who churn in and out of the prison system every year. And what that means is they're in for three months, six months, 12 months, whatever. They get out, they fall back into the reason why they were in jail the last time and they go back to jail. And typically what happens is when the prisons get very overcrowded and there just isn't space for all of the people being sent to jail by the courts, it's these very short sentence people who are generally set free early to make way for uh, new people arriving into the jails. The people who are in for longer sentences because they have been convicted of serious crimes are not getting out early. And the people who are getting out early arguably shouldn't be in jail at all. So really, rather than have this policy that we're going to add 600 extra spaces to the prison service, which, you know, we may need some of them in the short term, but the wider piece that we need to do is look at how many people we jailed, who we're jailing, and, you know, why we're jailing them, and really kind of work out a more progressive policy around that. There's very little upside in jailing somebody certainly for six months or less because they just don't have the time in jail to work away on you know drug addiction um alcohol addiction those types of things Saoirse what do you think about this proposal of the extra spaces I don't think that we require extra spaces it's actually state of government policy since August 22 that um, we would look at reducing the number of people going to prison for 12 months or less for those less serious offenses um, so, you know, the other thing to say about the 600 additional prison spaces, that is a five-year project. That is not going to happen overnight. There has to be capital infrastructure done. We would welcome the upgrading of some prisons because some of them are Victorian buildings. Some of them aren't fit for purpose, to be frank. But if you look at the Irish Prison Service annual report last year, 74% of committals, now that's not people, that's committals overall, 
um, were for 12 months or less. So those are less serious offences. You know, it could be um, road tra- traffic offences, drug offences. It could be, uh, you know, assault. It could be um, theft, all of those things. But then if you look at the probation service annual report as well, those are the kind of sentence or offences that people are getting community service for. So what we really need to see is a shift. We need to see a shift to people getting more community service rather than going to prison for 12 months or less, because we know that people who go to prison for those really short term sentences, like Connor said, they can't engage with the rehabilitative services that are there, whether it's mental health assessments or services, whether it's drug or alcohol addiction services, they can't engage in education and training and all of those really important things that would help them turn their lives around. They go in on a very short sentence, they walk out the door, they look left or right and they don't know where they're going. And the other thing to say is we are seeing an increase in the number of people going to prison who were homeless before they went in and who are leaving into homelessness again. So I don't think that is really serving any purpose. The money that it would take as well to actually uh, increase the number of prison spaces, that money would be better invested in probation because we know if people who are sentenced to 12 months or less serve their sentence and they are still serving a sentence in the community um, under the Probation uh, Act, they are less likely to re-offend in the future. So you don't get this churn. You don't get this revolving door of prison where people go in and out because they are able to keep employment if they have it. They are able to stay in the family home or maintain family relationships, which is one of the key things in a person's life to keep them out of prison in the first place. Um, And they're able to engage with any services that they're accessing. So if they do have addiction issues um, or mental health issues, and if they are lucky enough to actually be getting um, services in the community, they can maintain those. Whereas if they go to prison, they have to cut ties with all of that. It's worth referencing what Mr Justice Tony Hunt said at his sentencing of Joseph Puska for the murder of Ashling Murphy back in January 2022. He said that if he had the power to set a minimum prison term or consider a whole life sentence, he would, but that these options are not available in Ireland. Saoirse, does the Irish Penal Reform Trust think that minimum sentences are the way to go when it comes to punishing those who are guilty of serious crimes? We don't. We don't believe in minimum sentences because I suppose there is a perception that they act as a deterrent and the evidence would show that they don't. Um, We would be in favour of judges having discretion to set a maximum sentence. Um, And I suppose part of that is you have to think about what, what is the rationale behind sentencing? We really need principles, sentencing principles, because yes, it's around punishment, it's around a deterrent, but actually it's also about rehabilitation and reform. And if you put in place minimum sentences, you are preempting that idea that the person isn't willing to reform. And we know that people can change in prison when they engage with education, training, some of the services that they might have required. A lot of people in prison have experienced trauma themselves, and maybe it's unpicking some of that. But we don't think that minimum sentences are the way to go. And on the whole life sentences, actually, that would be contrary to the European Convention on Human Rights in Article 3. The European Court has been very clear that you have to um, be able to review a sentence. So, you know, using the parole board, for example, or look at whether or not a person can, they have to have some hope of being released in the future. You know, it acts as an incentive for them to change their ways as well. So we really need to think about this and it needs to be done on an individual basis. And just touching on the length of time that people spent in prison, if they are sentenced to a mandatory life sentence, the average in 
2021 was about 19 years. So it isn't that people are going to get out very early if judges were able to set that maximum sentence. I think the idea of a whole life sentence is a very US kind of style concept. And I don't think we should be looking to the US for really anything in the law mm-hmm. and order space. Um, I, you know, they've got their own uh, problems there. So whole life sentences, no, definitely wouldn't be in favour of those. Um, but I have to say, I'm pretty comfortable with somebody who has committed a very serious crime. You know, m- you know, if they murder a person, that some of those people would end up in prison for maybe even 25 and in some cases up to 30 years. I mean, I think the numbers serving up to 30 years should be very, very small. Um, But I I do think in some cases that's what's warranted. And I'm thinking in particular, um, when you look at some of the gangland feuding that has gone on, the Kinnan and Hutch feud, like say for example, um, Freddie Thompson, who was who who was aligned to the Kinnan's Irish organisation, um, and actually ran it for a period of time. He is in prison for a gangland killing as part of the Kinnan and Hutch feud, but he was linked to lots of other killings, both as part of that feud and that predated that feud. I really feel that a person like him, if he got out of prison in 15 to 20 years, I just think he'd step back into organised crime again. And I think with somebody like that, certainly you would have to assess maybe after 20 years, 25 years, has this person changed? Has a cooler head prevailed here? But I have to say, if a cooler head hasn't prevailed, I'm quite okay with a small number of special cases being jailed for more than 20 years. But whole, I think 30 years would be my absolute maximum. I just think you start jailing people for more than 30 years, we're veering towards US-style warehousing of people. And I just think that is, it's not the kind of policy we want here. It's not progressive. Um, I don't think it will ever happen here. But I have to say, I think increasingly, particularly when we have a period of violent crime that everybody is, you know, horrified with, I do think our attitudes harden. Irish society pushes for longer prison sentences. And I think maybe I think maybe the powers that be, particularly the parole board, should push back on that um, and take a sensible view when the time comes. This person has been in jail for 15, 20 years. Who are they now? Are they the same person they were 20 years ago? At the moment, the legislation, there is a new independent statutory parole board. And, you know, they have been operating since 2021. And they, um, it's 12 years that you can't apply for uh, parole now until you've served 12 years of your sentence. Well, you can apply just before, but you won't get out before 12 years. But they do that risk assessment and they do hear from the victims' families. And, you know, they are really going to consider whether or not somebody has reformed um, and whether they pose a risk to the community. Um, and just to say as well, anyone who is released, uh, who has been sentenced to life, they are always going to be under supervision. They, they, they will continue to serve their sentence in the community because if they breach any of the conditions that they were released, any of their parole conditions, they will be returned to prison. So there are safety mechanisms in there. So, you know, we we would be in favour of looking at this in terms of um, the parole board exercising its function correctly and making sure that if somebody poses a, a risk to the community that they aren't um, let out just then, but that it is kept under review. Um, you both said before we started recording that judges, that there's a lack of clarity around why judges are choosing certain strategies, certain directions when it comes to sentencing and that sentencing guidelines for judges is something that needs we need a greater focus on. I mean, efforts have been made to introduce um, particular prison sentences for 
certain crimes. And what I mean by that is, like, say, for example, if you um, if you get caught with drugs over the value of, I think it's 13,000 euros, it's regarded as commercial-scale drug dealing, and you're supposed to serve at least 10 years, unless there are very unusual circumstances, right? So that provision has just been completely ignored by Irish judges, and nobody gets the mandatory 10-year sentence. So the exception that they're able to make, they... That has become the norm now. And, you know, the judiciary is independent and we, we do have to, you know, we can't control them really. Um, I mean, the only mandatory sentence I know is a life sentence if you are, if you get uh, jailed for murder. And even that obviously can become, you know, whatever, 20 years, 25, uh, 30 years. So that's the only sentence that judges have to hand down. They have discretion then every, you know, really anywhere else. So you can talk about guidelines and training and what have you for the judiciary all we like but the record really shows that once you try and impose a particular sentencing system for x and y crimes they ignore those guidelines and they rebel against them as far as i can see so um i interviewed um a couple of guards there last year who were very heavily involved in essentially um, investigating the early days of the heroin trade here in Ireland. And they said when this mandatory 10-year sentence for commercial-scale drug dealing came in, it was supposed to lead to longer prison uh, sentences. But when they reviewed the prison sentences handed down, they actually got shorter. And it was nearly the judges took the 10-year as the absolute maximum, and they worked back from there. Um, So I, I, I would be more of a fan of training for judges rather than telling them you have to impose a particular type of sentence. Um, I think if they became more aware of the impact of the crimes that, they're, that, the, you know, that are in their courts, I think then sentencing might be better, um, particularly around things like the drugs trade, uh, sexual crimes. If they just understood the fallout of those crimes, sentencing might be more suitable. Coming up, I'll continue my conversation with Connor Lally and Sir Shabrady. Can I ask what kind of state support is there for what Justice Hunt has proposed, what he would like to see? Would Leo Varadkar and Justice Minister Helen McEntee like to see judges have the power to impose a minimum prison term? And also... How long has this proposal around more prison spaces been on the government's priority list? Last year, in August 2022, the government published uh, its review of policy options for prison and penal reform. doesn't really roll off the tongue. But they published that stated government policy. And one of the things they looked at in it was introducing this idea of minimum tariffs. So there is stated government policy there to explore it. But there's, it's actually quite a progressive document and there's a whole range of other things in there, like reducing the number of people going to prison on short-term sentences of 12 months or less, um, looking at what supports are in place for those people, looking at placing imprisonment as a sanction of last resort on a statutory footing so that judges, when they are making decisions, would have to take that into consideration. Prison wouldn't be a default option. 
In terms of the prison spaces, that announcement seemed to have happened when uh, Simon Harris was interim minister for justice. He did make an initial announcement. Um, the Taoiseach has reiterated that pretty recently, but that is not something that the Irish Penal Reform Trust would be in favour of. Connor, Leo Varadkar has pointed to a rising population as another reason for the need for more prison spaces. Where are we currently at when it comes to capacity and Irish prisons and what are the conditions like? Yeah, I mean, I think Varadkar's core claim that Ireland's population is increasing, therefore prison population will increase. I mean, I think that's probably logical. So at the moment, prison overcrowding is increasing again over the last couple of years, really since the pandemic, since we shook off the pandemic, the number of people being sent to prison is increasing. And there's a few reasons for that. During the COVID period, a lot of uh, the courts weren't able to operate as they normally would. So a lot of trials were put on hold and so on. So the courts have been playing catch up really over the last you know two years or so. They have kind of caught up now. And that means... That a lot of people who would have really been jailed ideally over the last three or four years have been jailed over the last kind of year and a half, two years. So you've got that big volume of people going into prison. And we actually reached, back in July, we reached an all-time high in our prison population ever of um, just over 4,700 people. As of the end of October, we had 4,650 people in jails. Now, that's nearly a 1,000 higher than it was only five years ago. If that same increase were to continue over the next five years, I mean, we'd have a real problem. We're close to record highs now. You add 600 prison spaces onto that, uh, you know, you're looking well over uh, 5,000. I suppose the one area where additional prison spaces may help is that because the prisons are so overcrowded now and we're at 105% capacity now, which may not sound terribly bad, but typically what happens is some of the jails become very overcrowded. So if it's on average 105%, other jails will be, you know, some jails will be far higher than that. Mm-hmm. So typically what happens then when the prison, when the jails become overcrowded is that they start squeezing in two and three people, in, certainly in the past four people, into cells that were only intended for one. So you've got really rough conditions inside jails, everybody on top of each other, tensions increase. The more people you have in prisons, the more contraband you will have coming into jail. And really crowded prisons just lead to a rise in tensions, you know, um, a rise in the quantity of drugs circulating, an increase in violence, an increase in attacks on staff and so on. Overcrowding in prisons is really bad news. Aside from all the things that flow from um, increased tensions, there are then too few spaces on thing, in things like workshops, classes to learn how to read and write, um, drug addiction services, alcohol services, anger management, all of those things. You get a system that's just absolutely packed, can't provide a proper service really to anybody, and it becomes really, really messy very quickly. And that's the point we're at now. What about the added headache of keeping rival gangs away from each other within prisons? Yeah, I mean, this is always a challenge for the Irish prison service. But you know what? I think they're so practiced at it now that they have it down to a fine art. The head of the prison service, Karen McCaffrey, I think she said there were 30 prison gangs, 30 main uh, gangs in the jails. So they have to profile every prisoner who uh, comes in to see if they're in a gang, if they're at odds with some other gang and to try and house them in a way that keeps them apart from their enemies essentially. Now, that is very, very challenging. And what happens there is 
it leads to a situation where you have to move groups of people at a time into an exercise yard, for example, and then back, you know, at the same time. So you can't have a very, very large group of people out in the exercise yard. You have to break up that time and give each group a smaller period of time. So again, that, you know, reduces the access to a very basic thing like an exercise yard. So all of these things are really, you know, they're very hard for the prison uh, staff to manage. And once you get overcrowding, these prisons are, I've been in a few of them, they're difficult places. You don't want to be there. I guarantee you that much. They're not a holiday camp. When they get overcrowded, particularly during the summer when it's very warm, they can get really violent and things turn nasty very quickly. We had a number of homicides in prisons the last time they got really bad. It'd be over 10 years ago now. Um, and I have to say, I would be concerned that we're edging back to that. Um, we're edging back to that situation again, simply because we're spending more on Garda overtime. We're recruiting more Gardaí. Um, and when you do things like that and you you expand the court uh, service as well, when you do things like that, you're expanding the capacity of the conveyor belt that sends people to jail. Um, and there's pressure on the government now to you know to clamp down hard like law and order is a big issue now and I just think the upshot of that in 12 months time two years time will be a lot more people going to prison. A lot of people entering prison have mental health issues how is this currently being addressed in the prison system with so much overcrowding and what could be done in the short term to improve the treatment of prisoners who are struggling in those settings? The issue of mental health and addiction has been looked at by a high-level task force. What was interesting was it was a report with very key recommendations looking right across the criminal justice system, right from Gardaí, right through the prison service and probation, and put in place a holistic approach, a person-centred approach to tackling mental health and addiction issues, some of which is that those people who have committed less serious offences don't end up in prison and actually get the supports that they need within the community. Even though it was published the same week as Budget 2023, it wasn't costed. And some of the recommendations were due to be implemented within 18 months of it being published. We don't know where that's at. We know that the Department of Justice is planning to publish a report, an annual report, um, a progress report on where those are at. But we don't know exactly what has been put in place. The Irish Prison Service for a long time has struggled to get psychologists. Like they have gone out to recruitment a number of times. Finally, for the first time, they have a full cohort of psychologists. I still don't think it will be enough. I don't think the answer is to keep putting people with mental health issues in prison and hope that they get the services there. The answer is to provide the support in the community in the first place um, so that they don't even reach crisis point at which stage they then commit a crime. We need to look at targeted uh, supports within the community, wraparound supports for people who have experienced trauma, um, who are at risk of maybe ending up in the criminal justice system. Um, And I think that would be a much better use of taxpayers' money. The other thing, just to say, on the money side of things, a probation order costs about €6,000 to administer. Uh, Prison space, uh, the last time it was costed fairly recently, was €86,000 a year. That money would be much better spent in prevention and early intervention mechanisms, youth work, community work um, and healthcare facilities in the community. The evidence would show that people who serve a sentence in the community for those less serious offences are less likely to reoffend in the future. So, you know, again, there is a very pragmatic um, 
idea that you you can help people, you can intervene. And part of the reason for that is if they serve their sentence in the community, if they're lucky enough to be in employment in the first place, there isn't that disruption in terms of their employment pattern. If they um, have a family relationships, that helps them stay out of prison. And fam- maintaining family relationships while you're in prison is essential to kind of reforming and uh, and not reoffending in the future. We know that. All the ev- evidence shows that. Actually, the College of Policing in the UK just published a report last week that looked at um, a number of different studies that showed custodial sanctions for less than 12 months are more likely to end up in a person reoffending. Um, so, you know, even if, if the police in England and Wales are saying this and, and using that evidence, then we really need to use that to inform our policies. And we have, we have the policy in place. We just are not implementing it. And that's what we really need to see. We need to see a sea shift in attitudes towards this. If we all, and we all do want safer communities, locking people up in prison um, and locking them up time and time again is not the answer. One in three people entering prisons don't have a fixed address. So when they finish their custodial sentences, usually less than a year, they are walking out the prison gates with a plastic bag filled with their belongings and nowhere to go. Why is that happening and what can be done to address it? The head of the prison service, Karen McCaffrey, she recently said that we're going to try and improve the options for people when they left prison and to try and extend the role that the prison service plays to try and extend that beyond the expiry of a sentence, if you like. Um, And one of the main things around that would be trying to get housing for people. You can imagine if you have, if you've been in prison even for two months, if you've been renting a place, that's probably gone. So you come out, you you may have nowhere to go. If you're in prison because uh, you've been taking drugs, you might have burnt, you know, bridges with parents, uh, family members, friends, that kind of thing. So very often, the only place where you can go back to is to plug yourself back into that drug-taking subculture, usually on the streets and in, you know, hostels and hanging around towns and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's where people usually will usually end back up again, you know. Um, so the accommodation piece really, prisoners having somewhere to go, also having some cash in their pocket really when they come out of jail. So at least when they get out for the first few weeks, you know, that might be a high risk time for them sliding back into old habits. At least they'll have a, you know, a warm, dry place to stay. They will have a few quid to feed themselves and maybe they can just catch their breath and adjust to life on the outside again. But certainly down the years, you know, really forever, um, people coming out of prison and not really having anywhere to go has just put them back onto the, you know, life of uh, crime and usually drug taking on the streets. Saoirse Brady and Connor Lally, thank you so much for your time today. That's it for today. For Connor Lally's regular reporting on crime and security, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Sarah Hapalak. This episode was produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.